Hi friends. Hi. How have you been? How's it hanging? Take a moment, check. Take a look. How's it hanging? Yeah. All right. How are they hanging? Look at all of them. How are all of them hanging? Friends, how are they hanging? Yeah. It's been one of those days, hasn't it? Yeah, I'll give you a chance to check in. Hey, how's it hanging? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Are you upright? Are you alert? Did you take everything you need to take? Did you take a breath? Did you take a deep breath? Did you take magnesium? Riboflavin? Vitamin C? Iron? Oil of oregano? Metamucil? Just to get out the door? Fill that coffee thermos to the brim just to get out the door and greet the day? <gasps> you felt that morning air on you? Oh, shit. That's the best air. Wish I was a morning person legitimately wish I was the type of guy to see 5.45 a.m. and just put on my running shoes and greet the birds and feel that dewy air. But hell no. I will snooze to the point of danger. That's a dangerous snooze, my friend. Actually, who's hitting the snooze button? That's such an old school reference. It's so 90s. Speaking of 90s, there's this book by Chuck Klosterman. Chuck who? Chuck from Fargo, or Chuck from North Dakota, somewhere in North Dakota, but Chuck Klosterman wrote a book called 90s. The 90s. Read it. It's so damn good. If, in fact, your developmental years were the 90s, this is essential reading. He jumps into so many news stories, a lot of pop culture analysis, breaks down anything from sports to music, but basically... He captures the 90s in the first 50 pages as a time where people didn't want to make it look like they were trying so hard. It was cool to look like you weren't trying so hard. Like, what was the ceiling of coolness? You're cool at your own school? You're cool in your neighborhood? That's about it. There was no, I want to have thousands of followers on Instagram. There was no, I hope my YouTube video goes viral and I could be a famous rich YouTuber. None of that. People weren't thinking that way. It was just in your own little pocket of the world. What can I get done? Just enough. Less pressure. Each moment had less pressure because it was not going to be documented. All of these moments that I was in school throughout the 90s, none of it documented. We weren't filming everything. We weren't looking for likes on photos. And it was healthy. At least I look back at it and say it was healthy. You have a conversation with someone. You just had to rely on your memory. Hey, what do you remember about this? I don't know. What do you remember about this? These are all the facts we know. Great. No one's Googling anything. That was it. So either your memory was really sharp and you could access things or it wasn't sharp. Turns out you'd be lying about a bunch of shit. You'd be embellishing stuff. No one's fact checking you. There's no evidence. Spin a yarn, tell a tale. No one's going to say, yeah, let me see a photo of that. You got a video? Uh, no, of course I don't. No phones, no smartphones was a freedom to just live your day and know it wasn't going to be cataloged much. It wasn't going to come back to haunt you. There wasn't going to be a mob mentality because you slipped up. That created a simple decade. It was a simpler time, we say, but the whole book is really based on, yeah, people were not in a rush to look so cool at all times and be so put together with societal pressures that currently bombard you at all times. 
And even when we saw the transformation coming, even when we saw the AOL CDs of you now have 30 minutes of internet time, you can go into a chat room. It was silly. It was novel. None of us expected this. If you were in middle school, high school throughout the 90s, you didn't expect this. This is a wild jump into the future. You got yourself an email address, what, in the late 90s, early 2000s. I was like, yeah, this will be one way to communicate. You burn some CDs, you got your Napster going, close to Y2K. And then, boom, 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 you blinked, and now everything's tap, tap, tap the app, tap, tap, tap the app. Look into the lives of everybody, influencers truly influencing everything, and the immediacy of news coming at you at all times, all news, all viewpoints, all opinions. Just beating the shit out of your brain throughout the day. It's a little much, but the 90s were not a little much. The 90s did have intense news stories. Chuck Klosterman's whole idea is not that the 90s were totally boring. It's just our expectations were different. Our approach, our day-to-day approach was just a little bit different. The AOL CD, I remember hanging out with my friends Rick, Alan, Anthony. We were using the internet for the first time. And we each were dividing up the minutes. All right, you get 10 minutes, go into a chat room. We'll be over here eating Doritos and wrestling. Those are 90s activities, eating Doritos and wrestling. And then when you're not eating Doritos and wrestling, then you go to the computer chair and you could have about 10 minutes. But when that buzzer goes off and your 10 minutes are done, you get off the computer chair and you let someone else go to a chat room. Chat room, I don't know what we were chatting about. But it seemed totally inconsequential. It just seemed silly. Like, this is dumb. Not like, this is the wave of the future and it's going to dominate our lives. All the cyber communication that's coming. So the innocence was so interesting. And now you have to ride the wave. You just have to be part of this generation. What is the wave? I don't know. It's just sweeping you into the current of so much tech that you have to now schedule times to look away from screens. Even at a high school, where there's 1,200 people walking around, over 60 staff members, I still have to stand up and tell myself, look away from this damn screen and go talk to someone. I almost need to set a reminder. That used to be the only mode. That was the default mode for anybody. Go talk to someone, of course. And now I have to tell myself, oh, your eyes sting, your eyes sting. You're grading too much online. You're planning too much online. You're consuming too much news through the glow of the screen. Go talk to someone. And what happens when you talk to someone? They want to show you something on their phone. Hey, did you see? Did you see this? Just the biggest e-break to any conversation is busting out your phone. Did you see this video? Did you see this gift? Did you see this meme? Did you see this? It went viral. Did you see this? No, in the 90s, there was no, did you see this? How about that? No conversation was interrupted with, did you see this? That makes human interaction so boring. If I'm kicking it with a friend and they take out their phone, and even to them, if it's like the most interesting thing, and I'm probably guilty of this too. Could be a video of our kids. (laughs) Video of our kids. It could be the funniest Key and Peele sketch. Hey, did you see this? Could be a sports highlight, just the greatest catch. The biggest blast, the knockout in box. Like, did you see this? Truly ruins all human interaction keep the phone in your pocket what's your average daily time what is it three hours four hours five hours what is it for a teen 15 to 18 year olds isn't it like seven to eight hours average of screen time which is kind of misleading i know because they count podcasts and maybe gps directions 
In times where you're not actually looking at the phone, it still calculates your screen time use. But we all get the weekly updates. Your screen time was up 32% last week. Yours was down 17%. And it means something? Why does it mean something? Because you just wonder, how deep into this am I? How deep, 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 too deep. But there's my book recommendation. Chuck Klosterman, 90s. So damn good. I'm 41 now. That would be elderly. If the year was like 13, 12. If the year was like 12, 81 and I was 41 years old, then I'm an old man in the village. 41. 41's like halftime. It's right in the middle. I celebrated with bagels and lox, which is, in my opinion, the greatest meal. But have you noticed? Jewish delis are almost extinct. That's why I got to bring it to my house. That's my tradition. Just eat a lot of bagels and smoke salmon. Try to find some whitefish, chopped liver. All this stuff that might gross out people. You eat what? Whitefish salad? Chopped liver? And all these famous New York Jewish delis, most of them are closed. Even here throughout the Bay Area, there's barely any still open. Zero in Marin County. So you got to find an underground dealer. And you know that dude in the alley? He's got locks. What do you need? Atlantic? Nova? What do you need? That's sad that the Jewish delis are totally gone but you know what else is totally gone something else from the 90s that we loved at least i loved all those buffet restaurants where you grabbed your tray you paid up front you grabbed your tray not just sizzler but fresh choice hometown buffet golden corral bill's dump pit you remember all these places you grab your tray and then the family just scurries around no one's ever at the table at the same time with another family member Someone's up getting spaghetti, someone's getting soft serve ice cream, someone's getting chicken tenders, someone's getting clam chowder. It's just up, down, the up, down, up, down, up, down. Everyone's up and down. Buffet restaurants, gone. Go right now. Google. Google buffet restaurants around me. Soup plantation, it's gone. It's all gone. They're gone. People are way too clean and sanitary. They don't want to share the ladle. They, they don't want a big jumbo spoon for everybody to get the turkey meatballs off the same spoon. People aren't doing that anymore. And those were my favorites. Those are my favorites. Even if it was a soggy old wilted salad that's been sitting out since 3 p.m. And you know the person in front of you was breathing on it for too long. For some reason, we didn't give a shit in the 90s. Maybe it was a very unsanitary era. Very unsanitary. I feel like more people were sharing cans of Coca-Cola in the 90s. Now, you don't see that as much. More people puffing dragon. Can I get a drag of your cigarette in the 90s? It's not happening as much. And I know COVID made me think that we're all going to be so much more sanitary. And there's going to be no more handshakes or people going on cruises or people stuffing arenas for ball games and concerts. And I was absolutely wrong about all that. I was wrong about everything I said about COVID. We have officially lapsed back into whatever we claim to be normalcy, but all that, oh, no more handshakes. Oh, people aren't going to be shoulder to shoulder on this anymore. They're not going to be going to bounce houses, and they're not going to be going to ferry boats, and they're not going to be going to uh, school. What else did I say? They're never coming back. We're all staying home. We're all, God, you make irrational comments. Right when a pandemic begins, we should really chronicle all the crazy shit we said. Well, I guess school's online and we'll never travel again. Dog walks are off limits. Shelter in place. And now everyone's just like, the pandy's over. The piggity pandemic has ended. We're not tuning in anymore. No one's going wall to wall with their news stations looking for the next 
vaccine update, the next booster update. You're just like, it'll come to me. I'll hear word of mouth. I'll hear from a friend of a friend if there's a new booster out, and I'll get it when I get it. That's what I see. Teaching high school, you see maybe one to two masks a class. On the staff, maybe four to five teachers still rocking a mask once in a while. But most people are moving on, just breathing the air, waiting to get sick again. That's just me. I'm pretty sick right now. I'm pretty sure I'm getting sick right now. But that's because two kids go to daycare, TK, come home, just snot-nose, sniffle, sniffle, snot-nose, sniffle, sniffle. And that's the normal phase of life I'm in. It's weird not to think you're sick. It starts with a tickle in the throat, and then I'm really tired. And then you just go, of course I'm sick. We have two kids who are just in a cesspool of grody germs. Grody. People still using that word? Probably not. That was a 90s. This is the 90s podcast. You remember grody? Oh, that's so grody. Just grody germs. If your cute little baby sneezes right into your face, is it still cute? Hell no. Super grody. Barbershops are back. <laughs> I feel like that's breaking news. Barbershops are back. But my point is, stylists, barbers are not wearing masks and they don't require us to wear masks. And when they did, you'd have to lift it so they could do your sideburns. It was weird. But barbershops, still perhaps the last bastion of old school communication where you don't see phones. I mean, there might be some music on in the background, but it's not really a techie experience. It's maintained what it's always been. Humans, close to humans, helping them look better, grooming and communicating. And even though I'm kind of quiet, I mean, I'm pretty damn quiet once I tell them what I like. How about a half, maybe a one on the sides, high fade, keep it high and tight to a four on top, square the back, and then let me take a nap with my eyes open. A little antisocial, but I do like to observe. I like to see what's going on. I've been going to the same barbershop for nine years. How do I know that? I moved back from San Diego to the Bay Area nine years ago. And my mom told me, well, there's this Vietnamese barbershop over in Ignacio that she goes to. And I was like, Ma, I don't need the recommendations because sons always yell at their moms. Mom, I don't need you to tell me where to get my haircut. Okay, where is it? What's the address? Okay, great. And it was like 12 bucks a haircut back then. Inflation times are changing. Now it's like 20, $21. I'm not complaining. Not complaining, but I've seen in nine years this $12 haircut go to 21 22 Actually, it depends on the barber. They'll just charge you what the hell they want to charge you. It's one of those places. Ragtag, old school. The barbers bring their own supplies. Friendly place, popular place. They got regulars. They got real regulars. People that just pop their head in. Hey, is Kathy working today? No? Okay, I'll come back. I just convinced that Kathy's the only one that could do your hair the way you want to do your hair. This old man came in. And by the way, yes, I still go. I never thought I'd still go to this barbershop that my mom recommended. Never going, mom, don't tell. Okay, where is it? And now I'll just go for nine years, maybe the rest of my life. Speaking of my mom, we were with my little daughter at the pool recently and I was teaching her rock, paper, scissors, Rochambeau. My mom actually said, I never quite understood Rochambeau and I couldn't register what she was saying. She never, uh, she's a smart lady. And she said, I never did quite understand Rochambeau. That's grandma speak. When you just float a comment out there and you're allowed because you're the grandma. I never did understand the Rochambeau concept. She said as she was doing the side stroke in the kiddie pool. Because that's what grandmas do. They do the side stroke in the kiddie pool. I said, what? What the fuck does that mean? You don't understand rock, paper scissors and she laughed she's like no i never i never fully researched 
what it entails. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means. Does it mean you don't understand the appeal of it? A rock bangs the scissors, scissors cuts the paper, paper covers the rock. Or you truly can't follow those instructions because holy shit, I take after her when it comes to instructions. Thank God I married someone smart who understands instructions to anything. We're dealing with Xfinity right now. When I say dealing with Xfinity, it's just me looking like a dog at the window when the owner leaves. Like, what is happening? Ethernet? MBPS? Wi-Fi speed? What? Do we have those channels? Are we cutting the cord? And my wife's just plugging things in. She got the splitter. She knows where everything goes. I don't know where they... It's amazing I've ever watched TV. That means for my entire life, other people have helped me watch TV. Because I don't know what's happening. Cable guys have come, I guess. They left a remote and said, there's this and there's that. And here's your channels. But nowadays, I don't know all the remotes. I don't know all the buttons. I can't do it. I'm 41. I'm tapping out. I already can't do it. What was I talking about? The Vietnamese barbershop. I love, I'll take any barber, whoever can give me that fade right now. Is Cindy working? No, what about Huey? Is Huey working? There's two guys, there's about six women that show up. I don't know if these are their real names, but I see their cosmetology license and they all have their vaccine cards too. So it feels safe. It's kind of a dirty place, but it feels safe. And the other day, this old man came in without hair. He had no hair and it was funny immediately. He comes in with his cane. He's probably in his 80s. Adorable. Adorable funny already gives me a wink he entered with a joke it was funny he gave me a wink he sat beside me he folded his hands over his pot belly and then just put on a show and when i say put on a show this guy like brought me back he was my meditation for the day he just brought me back to the moment because when you sit in a chair in a waiting room your mind just wanders that's what happens but this guy his rapport with the barbers like they were like hey it might not be until 445, is that okay? He's like, what am I going to do? Where am I going? Like, basically, this is the only thing on my schedule this whole week. Yeah, I can wait a little bit. Plus, look at my head. I don't really need a haircut. I just need to talk to someone. And they seat me, and then they seat him five minutes later in the next chair. And I'm quiet guy, just letting my barber put on a show. Put on an absolute fade clinic, by the way. She did great. I look amazing right now. And then this guy sits down, and he's like, just do anything. There was nothing. He was bald on top and buzzed on the sides. So whatever they were doing, probably just a big scalp massage for the guy. But he wanted to talk. You could tell he was lonely because the first thing he said when he sat down is, my wife's been gone for two years now, and it's terrible. And I was like, whoa. He went from all jokes to a pretty sad comment. And there was something so sincere about how his voice changed. And he was talking to this young man, this young Vietnamese barber, who was talking about his trip back to Vietnam. And this guy's like, yeah, I fought in the Vietnam War. That's how I met my wife. She was Vietnamese. And he's kind of explaining all of this, why he loves coming to this Vietnamese barbershop. And he said, we were together 45 years, and now just describing the loneliness. And he was also describing how tough it was, the courtship. To actually get her to say yes, he kept proposing. She said no, and he was telling the funniest story. I'm like laughing in the barber chair, like genuine laughs. And then I was like, wait, am I fighting tears now? Who knows what kind of fragile mood I was in, but everything he said was just hitting. And he was perfect. His delivery was so heartfelt, funny as shit, but also clearly suffering. This guy's sad. He goes back home. He looks at all these places in the house. He probably used to hang out with his wife, and he just sees her memory. And he has to just embrace that Dr. Seuss quote. Don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. Or something like that. There's a good Dr. Seuss quote. You know, let's not be sad that things are over. Just be happy that they did happen. 
because we're all just passing through this thing called life. This existence, this temporary thing we're stumbling through, some of the most sacred, wonderful things are just going to end. That's a sad, depressing thought, but maybe we could just look back and say, oh, that's really cool that it happened, though. You know, that phase of my life, that'll help you not be remorseful. That'll help you not yearn for the past. If you could just look back at a previous chapter that you really loved in your life and go, that's cool. I'm happy that that happened. I'm happy I knew that person. Even if you're not in touch with that person anymore, I'm happy they came into my life and maybe they left at a time they had to leave. Tough to make sense of anything. That's why there's endless self-help books and just preachers and gurus and spiritual leaders trying to guide people and obviously religious leaders trying to guide people through all these mysteries of why did this happen? Why are there atrocities in the world? Why is it that my newsfeed is just filled with the ugliest shit imaginable? You can't make sense of it. You could just hope one day to be next to an old man at a Vietnamese barbershop and hope that he connects with your heart with some of his stories. Sweet man. I hope they don't charge him, by the way. That's not a haircut. That ain't real. To just sit in a chair. I don't even think they buttoned his smock. They just let him sit and regale the shop with his memories. Oh, sweet memories. All right, more 90s memories. You ready for this? You ready? What's up with those fast food soda lids that have never, ever been used for the purpose that they are supposed to provide? Those soda lids at fast food restaurants that have those tabs that you're supposed to push down? I recently looked and examined one and said, cola, diet, root beer, other. Well, it said RB. So I assumed that was root beer. Once again, all these soda lids, someone made millions by saying, well, there's going to be so many people ordering so many sodas and the cashiers and the fast food workers at all these burger joints. They're going to have to keep things organized by clicking down the tab with cola, diet, RB, other. No one in the history of a fast food restaurant has ever spent one to two seconds examining what soda they poured and punching down the old cola, diet, RB, other. This is the emptiest point I've ever brought up, but I had to wonder who thought this was an amazing idea at the pitch meeting. You know, they're at the company meeting. Everyone coming early tomorrow. Gene sent out a memo that he has a big idea. The year's 1976 and Gene comes in suit and tie. He's got moose in his hair and he goes, guys, Gone are the days with the old lids where you can't identify the drink. We gotta have four tabs. You push down cola, diet, RB, other. And the room was just floored. Standing O for Gene. Gene left early that day. He didn't even work the rest of the day at Plastic Co. He went home and celebrated. He flew to Vegas. The guy just said, you know, I hit the jackpot with this idea. An idea that's still in existence. These lids are still all around. No one's ever using them. Can you think of anything like this? Where it's all over. It's all over the place still right now. Go anywhere. In and out. Go to the Habit. Burger King, McDonald's, Arby's, Taco Bell. These lids. Someone invented something that's never been used. Never once. You've never gone to a fast food place. And they you bought Diet Coke and they actually put the tab down. No, it's for little kids that go, tap, tap, tap. What's this? It's for little kids who ask the questions to make the parents go, I so don't know. Us parents always have to be honest. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. It was raining recently, and my little girl said, how is it that you all knew it was going to rain? It was a very astute question. It's true, we could predict weather patterns. And my wife said, well, meteorologists, yada, yada, yada. And she explained to meteorologists. And my daughter, for some reason, said, can girls be meteorologists? I was like, oh, interesting. She's already thinking about gender profiling in certain professions. These are the conversations we have. That's not a great example of why this, why that. But she also asked about soda lids. Are you done with this podcast yet? Did we just hit rock bottom? Is that the least interesting thing I've ever brought up? Or are you now wondering, yeah, why, why are we still using these lids? Why? And because this is a 90s themed podcast, why is it? I'll let you ponder this one for a moment. Why is it that throughout the 90s, there were less kids medicated for ADHD or even anxiety? Because I went to school with wild kids. I was probably one of the wild kids. Couldn't focus. You're tuning the teacher out. You can't wait for class to end. You're bouncing off the walls. This might have been me at times. You can't just say it's boring. You can't just say that because the adults will say no. No, it's not. It's stimulating. Mr. Goodrich's class, What's Up Broadcasting, is stimulating. And you being bored means you need meds. You didn't hear it in the 90s or not as much. Maybe there was like one to two kids in your grade who was all medicated. And now it's probably a giant percentage of kids throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, into college that are medicated for ADHD because parents want them to be able to focus. And I've just accepted that that's what's happening. Modern medicine allows more people to take more things they need to succeed. And it sounds good until I heard this doctor, Gabor Mate, That sounds made up, but that's really his name. I heard this Dr. Gabor Mate, G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E, and he had his own theory. He's a physician who's written a ton of books on this, and I know it's guaranteed to offend some, but his belief is that ADHD, even anxiety, he said, it's not a disease. It's not hereditary. You can't inherit it. It's nothing in the gene pool. He said, instead, it's the type of household we're born into. It's the earliest stresses that could affect sensitive children. And he said there are degrees of sensitivity, but for the most sensitive little infants who become toddlers, if their environment is a little off kilter, they're going to soak that up so deeply. They're going to absorb it so deeply that it actually puts them off the path a little bit in those developmental years. Now, this is just what the doctor was saying. I'd never heard this. I always thought, you know what? ADHD a proven imbalance of something that meds could help. Okay, you just accept. I was a camp counselor and I saw that when I was a camper, there were really no campers who were taking meds after meals, but as a counselor, we would take all the kids to the infirmary and they would get all the meds they need. And that was just part of our nightly routine. All right, get your meds. We'd say after dessert, it's time for meds. And I didn't even put it together that, whoa, there's a big increase. After the 90s, big increase in parents that were just quick to meet with a doctor and hope there's the quick fix. Give me that solution pill. And it works, it works. This doctor's not trying to be a jerk when he says that this is his own theory and it's you know based with his own studies and science. So it's all up for debate. You could dispute all this. But it makes you wonder about those early developmental years that we can't actually remember. So if you find yourself, just based on his style of thinking. If you find yourself to be someone that is still tuning things out and your mind wanders, even if it's a conversation, 
Maybe you're watching a movie, your mind wanders. Maybe you're reading a book and you're like, you know what? I just read three pages, but my mind was on something else. If you're kind of one of those adults who's like, do I have a little bit of ADHD? Do I got a little bit of that? It may be, according to Gabor Mate, as I mispronounce his name, it may be some unresolved things in your childhood. So he's saying cognitive behavioral therapy is the path to reducing the hyperactivity, the inability to focus. Because the world is endlessly stimulating and that's not going to change. You can't go, oh, I hope the world slows down a little bit. I hope the world becomes less fascinating and interesting or fearful. I mean, the world's everything at once. You could experience the most loving feelings, hateful feelings, scary feelings, curious feelings just throughout one day. That's a lot for your nervous system. That's a lot for your psyche to handle. And if it's too much, if it stays with you at times where society tells you, you need to focus right now. You're in a desk. You need to focus right now. You're in temple or church or you're having a conversation with someone at work. You need to focus right now. And you just can't. You can't. That could be traced back to the stressors from your earliest years in a household that might have been a little loud or maybe adults that weren't totally attentive to those needs. And this doctor also said, when a kid cries, pick it up, pick up the kid, pick up the kid. Don't ever try to train a kid by saying they need to learn for themselves at a young age. No, nurture them, nurture them, nurture them, because one day you die. That's actually what he said. Parents die one day. And then at that point, they'll understand what it might feel like to not be taken care of by those dependable adults, so-called dependable adults. He's trying to connect everything to nature. You know, that we're just a reflection of animals and seasons. And I don't think I conveyed his point well at all, but I should probably read his book because he's got a bunch. All right, and this just became the book episode. So first start with Chuck Klosterman's 90s and then Maybe Gabor, if I could ever pronounce his name, M-A-T-E, that's all I know. Mate or mate, what would you say? I don't know. Either way, we're done here. Leave a nice rating on iTunes if you want, if you don't mind. Take a look real quick. Check in with yourself. How's it hanging? How are they hanging? Huh? A little better now, right? A little better. All right, we did it. We had this experience together. Thanks for being with it. You know I appreciate you. All the way from the deepest part of my corazón. And until next time, I wish you health. I wish you mindful joy. I wish you peace of mind. That's episode 194. It's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 